Women Taking the Lead, episode 160. I think a lot of times people think a leader has to be somebody who's in charge of other people and and telling other people what to do. But I'm more of a lead by doing, um, setting an example and, and showing that, you know, you can try new things and produce results. And that's when people will follow you. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Jessica Philippe, who founded Uptrovert.com a place dedicated to helping introverts succeed without losing out on the magic of actually being an introvert. She's currently focused on helping introverted entrepreneurs who thought they could start a successful business alone, get over that fantasy, and instead build a network they can rely on. When she isn't helping other introverts kick ass at being themselves, Jess is also a mom, scientist, gardener, and adventurer living in Maine. All right, Jessica, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Sure. Um, I guess to focus on my humble beginnings as an entrepreneur, uh, let's just say that I tried a lot of things before finding Uptrovert.com as something that I felt was sustainable and valuable and rewarding. Um, some of the things that I tried, I was a beach body coach for a while, which is kind of funny if you know me because I hate working out. I don't believe in diets. I started an Etsy store selling homemade lotions and chapsticks, which was kind of fun, but I quickly got fed up because everything in my kitchen was coated with beeswax for a long time. Um, I started an online store selling random Vermont products and, you know, all of those were kind of fun, but I didn't, I didn't stick with them because they just didn't feel right to me, but I didn't know what that was, you know, um, the truth is that when you decide to become an entrepreneur, you do it at least partially because you want to make some money. And I think it's silly to ignore that fact. Some people are lucky to get started on this path because they have something that they really want to do and, and they know they can do it themselves. But a lot of people get started because they have no choice and others because they think that they can get rich quickly. And it's for me, it wasn't until I got over the money making part of it and realized that I really wanted to help people that something stuck. And the other thing about me is that I'm really lucky that I have a career outside of entrepreneurship that I really do enjoy. And the thing is that there was always something missing from that. And it just took a long time for me to figure out what that was. So all of the silly little entrepreneurial endeavors that I undertook never really had a chance because I, I just wasn't really being true to myself previously. Mm, you bring up such a great point because I've seen like flip sides of the same coin, like people who start a business or a, a revenue stream thinking I'm doing this to make money and that's mm -hmm. their main driver often lose steam, right? Because it isn't like you said, it, it's not true to themselves. They're not passionate about it. They're just doing it to make money. And when it, the 
it gets hard. And if the money doesn't come in soon enough, they'll quickly lose any enthusiasm they have over it. And then on the flip side, it's people who are definitely passionate about what they're doing and what they're starting and they want to help people, but they ignore the fact that they have to do sales, right. you know, and make money doing what they're doing if they want to keep the doors open and the lights on. And so they also will, you know, shut down, you know, have to close their business because they are ignoring or they're just so queasy about the whole sales process and money-making process. And you make a great point that you have to have a healthy balance of both. You need to be passionate about what you're doing and also recognize you're doing it to make money as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's all about that balance. I love that. And it sounds like through this like winding road you took to to finally getting to updivert.com, you know, you you've definitely uh, <laughs> you know, experienced a lot. I love the image of the beeswax all over the kitchen and you know, going into a business that just completely didn't suit you and and being a beach body coach. But I can hear in your voice now that you are you, you know you've hit on the right thing and that lends you confidence in what you're doing. But I always love to start these interviews leveling the playing field and having you take us to a moment we can all relate to because we've all been there and we'll all be there again. It's that playing small moment that those times in our lives when we just don't understand our true value and we we just don't realize what we're capable of. So we play small. So Jessica, share us, share with us your playing small story and the lessons you've learned. Sure. So I would say that I am not really the type of person to play small on purpose. Anyways, um, I've always kind of been the opposite of playing small. I, I think I tend to play bigger than I should kind of. I've always have a go big or go home attitude. Even when I was an embarrassingly awkward kid with a bad haircut, braces and glasses, I would walk right up to the most popular boy in class and ask him out to the dance with me. Um, but none of them ever said yes. So, you know, that was just early experience. Uh, but one one good story, I think, is really early in my career, I was sent to a national meeting of leaders from all 50 states. And I made a short presentation and I hung out with all the bigwigs for a week. I had a really, really fun time. I totally felt like I knew what I was doing. But when I got back to my home office, I found that my boss sort of saw it as a joke. Not totally, you know, of course, you don't spend money to send someone to a conference for no reason. But um, they it just seemed that they felt like I I really wasn't the one that belonged there. Just nobody else was available to do it at the time. So I really, for years after that, I heard comments about just the little girl playing with the big boys, thinking they were actually listening to her. And even though at the time I had confidence, all those comments led to me starting to believe it, that I didn't belong there. After the fact, after I'd done this amazing thing by going to the conference and hanging out with the big guys, um, my field is overwhelmingly male dominated. And I started feeling really stupid about it, you know, that I, I shouldn't have been there. Like I needed to do more to be able to be taken seriously. Um, I know now looking back that that wasn't the case, that what I presented at that conference was really the beginning of a very successful career. But uh, honestly, I think it took some of my superiors by surprise that I was so confident and in the moment before I had, as they put it, put my time in. And they were probably really intimidated by that. Looking back, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. And what did you learn from that whole experience? 
Uh, I learned that I should go with my instincts. If I feel like I know what I'm doing, then I do know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't, you, you can't be stupid about that. You do have to have some, uh, make sure that what you're talking about is something that you are good at. But, um, you know, the fact that other people that had to put in more time before people took them seriously has no bearing on me. And that's that's really valuable to to just have confidence in your own actions separate from what other people think you need to go through. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what I took away from your story, too, um, and I know there's probably many people who can relate to this, but I think um, there are some who are listening who don't realize this is that sometimes when you have a vision of yourself and where you're going, it's not always in alignment with what other people see for you. Um, like people don't realize what you're capable of or that, you know, you, you can do it. But what, what works is you have to stay consistent. You have to just keep going. There's always going to be doubters. Um, but if you keep on your path, you'll eventually mm-hmm. win them over. And and my own experience with this, you know, I had people who, you know, I'm a, I'm a big vision person as well, right? I, I, I see what's possible, right? And I want to go there. And oftentimes around me are people who are like, you're never going to do it. You know, you're right. never, you're never going to be able to convince people to go along with you. You're never, you're never going to make these big changes. But what they don't realize about me is I'm very patient. I don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to happen overnight. If it takes years, it'll take years, but I'm going to stick to it. You know, and I think that's, that's part of, you know, the quote unquote cure sometimes for people who doubt you is don't worry about them. Just keep doing what you're doing. You'll win them over in who you're being and the actions you're taking, not by having a conversation and trying to convince them. Exactly. Exactly. Don't, don't let those doubters stop you from trying to make progress because you you will prevail eventually Mm -hmm. just keep doing just keep on keeping on and you will win (laughs) them over love that and now Jessica share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call you know it could have been like a light bulb that went off all of a sudden or or it could have been a slow awakening over time sometimes people talk about the universe sent me (laughs) five (laughs) ten messages till I finally got it but usually there's a moment where you're ready to take action so Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Absolutely. So a few years ago, I was really frustrated because I felt that I was doing really well in my career, um, but I wasn't being recognized at an equivalent level. So I applied for a pretty big promotion in a different office away from home. Um, I've been actually, I should say, I've been very lucky to work uh, near my home in Vermont for well. Uh, 15 years now. So I applied for this job a little bit farther away and things tend to move at a pretty slow pace in my organization, especially back then. So I actually had a lot of time to think between submitting my application while I was waiting to hear from the hiring team. And I started to doubt myself almost immediately after submitting my application, telling myself things like, I know I could do the job, but they're never going to see it on my resume, or I haven't worked here long enough to be considered for this position, you know, kind of holdovers from that last story. Uh, but then for some reason, I and I still don't know why I did this, I decided to sit down and really think about what I wanted out of life and how that job would fit into that picture. And I quickly realized that while it would be a really good promotion, the most important thing for me was loving my life outside of work. 
And I wanted that life to be in a specific place, which is the northeastern Vermont. It's where I grew up. It's where I, I love to be. And I realized that I had only applied for that job to make a point to my boss that I deserved a bigger role. So before I even heard back from the hiring team, I decided that I didn't need or really even want that job unless I could do it from my place in the world. And honestly, making that decision was probably the catalyst for everything I'm doing now. Um, once I realized that my sense of place was so important to me, I decided I would do everything in my power to build a life that I would love while staying put, whether I ever got promoted or not. So I started looking outside my career for inspiration and growth opportunities, and they're everywhere. You know, they they don't fall into your lap, but if you look for them where you're happy, they they are there. And one of the big things that happened was a friend recommended that I join the Snelling Center for Government's Vermont Leadership Institute. And it was through that experience that I found the inspiration and gave myself permission to expand my, quote, work beyond what I went to school for. So realizing that we have strengths and passion to offer the world beyond the track that we've been conditioned to follow is really powerful. And I I wouldn't have been able to have that realization had I just followed the, the career track that I had thought that I was supposed to follow. I appreciate you sharing that story, Jessica, because I think a lot of us get stuck in that. Like, as soon as we're about to go off the road less traveled, uh, or I should say we're about to take the road less traveled, we're, we're, we're heading off the beaten path and navigating into new waters and it's so uncertain. I think a lot of people are afraid because there aren't as many success stories that we hear about. Mm -hmm. There are success stories, but they're not as vocal as like, oh, everyone's heard the story about you go to college, you get your professional job, you stay in that career forever. But that's not happening as much anymore. And, you know, it's great to hear stories of somebody sharing that I made choices based on my values and not based on what everyone said or thought I should do. Mm -hmm. And that it's worked out and that it's absolutely true that if you look for resources out there, you will find them. Like if you share with enough people what you're up to, someone you're talking to will say, I know who you need to be introduced to or you need to go check this out. Just like in your story. And I'm sure you've also recognized it has a ripple effect, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought, you know, when I decided to do some things outside of my career, honestly, I I thought I'd be going at it alone. And what you were just saying is so true. As soon as you start telling people what you're interested in, what your desires are, the kind of projects you'd like to work on, people are so welcoming and, and want to connect you with other people in your field. And it's just, it's amazing that going on in the background are so many fun things that, that really speak to people's values rather than to a paycheck. And it, and if you're lucky, the two come hand in hand, but really it's about finding again, that balance of being able to say, Hey, I, I have something I really want to do and I can help you do what you're trying to do as well. And that that's been really fun. Yeah. And here's a little secret about human beings. I'm going to share with everybody is <laughs> we, we are pack animals. We are meant to live in villages and tribes. And because of this, we are hardwired to give service 
to others. Mm-hmm. We want to help others. So if, if, if we hear what people are up to, our brain, and you probably notice yourself doing this, your brain starts searching for a way that you can help them out. Even if it's just a little bit, even if it's just giving them a name and a phone number and someone to contact or introducing you to somebody or telling you about what they know, like the more people you share what you're up to with, the more people who are going to want to help you. So that's why, and I'm sure you work with your clients on this too, given that you work with extroverts is have those coffee dates, have those meetings, get out there, share with the world what you're doing. You don't have to do it in a way that is completely unnatural to you or feels too overwhelming, but there's even ways to do it where you can have a lot of one-on-one contact with people as well or do it through writing um, and in ways that feel good. Exactly. Yes. You, everybody has their own ways that work and everybody is so willing to help each other. It is wonderful. Awesome. And Jessica, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. And I know you can appreciate this. We're all different and we're all, so we're going to show up differently as leaders. And that's a great thing. So Jessica, how would you describe your leadership style? I would say that I lead by thinking outside the box and not being afraid to try the things that other people are too scared to commit to. So I guess you could say that I lead by failing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Tra- I know, call I it trailblazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, I don't, I think a lot of times people think a leader has to be somebody who's in charge of other people and, and telling other people what to do. But I'm more of a lead by doing, um, setting an example and, and showing that, you know, you can try new things and produce results. And that's when people will follow you. And uh, the other thing about me is that I'm really brutally honest. I've been this way my whole life and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to speak to the reality of a situation instead of dancing around difficult topics. So it's just get something out there. Let's see if, if we are successful. Great. If we fail, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why. Let's see where we can go from here. And and that's that's kind of my style. I love that. And Jessica, I want to now lead into what's going on for you currently. Um, but I'm going to flip the questions around from the way I originally introduced them because I want to lead with what you're excited about and then go into challenges. So if you could, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Sure. I am currently putting a lot of energy into writing valuable materials for other introverts. You know, my business is based online, so it's a website. So basically, I have to write things for people. And, and I'm, I'm talking about introverts here. It's not uh, people that want to get on the phone and chat with me. So I, I have a little blog, just a couple posts up, you know, really high value things. And I've been working on talking to other introverts, seeing what they need, seeing exactly um, what their fears and weaknesses are and turning those into something positive that can help them. And right now I'm super focused on entrepreneurs, specifically those who thought they could make it totally on their own, but have realized that they can't and are still afraid to reach out and get the help that they need. And having had that realization myself along the way, it's really fun to be able to help other people through it. And one thing that I've done recently is created kind of a little cheat sheet that moves you from really boring small talk into something that is more interesting. You know, I think a lot of everybody, nobody likes small talk and introverts especially tend to skip out on networking opportunities because they think, you know, small talk isn't necessary. Why bother? Why, why would I do this? And, and what people don't 
realize always is you have to get through the small talk to get to the big talk. So I just I created this little cheat sheet that makes that transition a lot faster and a lot easier and gets you talking about real things because it's not that introverts don't want to talk to other people. It's that they want to have real meaningful conversations. And so I'm just trying to help facilitate that process. Mm, I love the work that you're doing. And that's why when we were introduced, I was like, yes, she needs to come on. (laughs) Women taking the lead. People need to hear what she's up to and the services that she's providing. Because, you know, I, I, with the work that I'm doing, I'm often training people how to network or encouraging people to network. And I, I come across so many introverts who are like, I don't like networking. I don't want to do it because the image in their head they have of networking are like those social networking events where everyone's just mingling in a big room and Mm -hmm. having small talk. And that's not actually what networking is, not at the basis. That's one way to go about it, but it's not what networking is at its core. And I love that you're shining a new light on networking and making it incredibly uncomfortable for introverts to network because actually introverts tend to make the best networkers because they do have those deeper, more significant conversations. And that's what allows for connections and opportunities to come from. And so exactly. I, I love that. All right, now let's turn it on its head. Jessica, what's the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Definitely balance. Um, I, like I said, I have a full-time career. I have a successful business and I have a family to keep track of. I'm also on the school board. I have a big garden that's going crazy right now. And I'm pretty sure my husband is sick of doing the dishes and everything else around the house. (laughs) Um, So the biggest piece of that right now is trying not to get ahead of myself because I'm so excited about Uptrovert. I love working on it, writing, talking to people, learning what introverts need. But honestly, I can only commit about an hour a day to working on growing the business. So it's really hard when I wake up in the morning. I'm excited to write an article or connect with other entrepreneurs. But in my reality, I've got to pack a lunch and head to the office for the day first. Mm -hmm. So when I see my business cohorts making faster progress than me, I have to constantly remind myself that I'm in it for the long haul. Slow progress is still progress. You know, and this is another reason why I love that you are on the show because there are not, I have not interviewed enough women who have that situation of they have a full-time job and they're trying to get their business to full-time to eventually be able to transition over, or they're more than happy with it being a side hustle, but it still is a significant part of their life. Um, and there are many women I know in the community who are working full-time jobs and have a, a business too that they're running. And of course, balance is a, is a big issue for them. Now you top on that being a wife and a mother, <laughs> never mind <laughs> some of the other things you've got going on in your life. And it can look a little crazy. Um, and this is a great segue to the next question, because what, what I do want to hear about, even though this is a challenge for you, I know it's something you're working on. Um, and I think what will be helpful for everyone who's listening too is also to get like a behind the scenes look of what does your support system look like? How are you able to dedicate? I mean, even considering, you know, where you are, that you're able to dedicate an hour a day on your business. How are you doing that? 
Uh, well, specifically the time thing is I get up early in the morning and I'm not a morning person. So that's been a difficult transition for me. But when I realized that this was really important to me and, and I wanted to make it a priority, I said, I, this is the only time I have. Let's get up at quarter of five in the morning and spend an hour or more if I can, if my daughter sleeps long enough. Um, and, and so that, that's how I've worked it in time wise. But my support system is truly my husband. Um, I have a long held habit of getting really excited about something and totally running with it in my head before really communicating it to anyone. Mm -hmm. So it totally seems to fall from the sky when I say things like, Hey, I've signed up for a course. It's going to help me build my new business. And he's like, um, what in business? <laughs> um, but he always rolls with it and he's been amazing picking up the slack around the house while I obsess over my endeavors, um, at, you know, this time and in the past, even, even things like gardening, you know, it's, it's, he's just been amazing. And then the other huge thing for me has been my coaches. I was absolutely one of those people who thought I could do it all on my own. I knew I was smart enough and knew enough to make anything I wanted to happen, happen. But even if you know what to do and how to do it, you can fall down for a variety <laughs> of reasons. Um, so what happened for me was I invested in a program that not only guided me along on the process of finding a great business idea and getting it off the ground, but it includes some really great coaches who I've been able to work one on one with on everything from emotional support to a website copy. And that has been just just amazing. And honestly, that was a big step for me. I had a pretty negative experience with some coaches in high school sports. So just the term coach has brought up a lot of distrust in me for the last 15 years. But when it it ha as it happens, when you have a coach that's dedicated to helping you achieve your goals rather than their own, it's a whole different ballgame. And truly, you can't do this on your own. So I highly recommend coaches for everybody. I love that. I love that you've had a new experience with coaches in your <laughs> life. Too. And it's changed, you know, your your reality around coaching. And you point to something that's really important, because, you know, you said earlier, you know, if you need information, the information's out there, you just need to look. So for a lot of people, knowing what to do and how to do it is not the problem. It's getting that emotional support, the accountability, you know, some some someone who has a little bit of expertise in certain areas to help you tweak, like you said, website copy, um, and doing all of that. It, it, it's very important, especially as an entrepreneur to have that support system, you know, be it a coach and accountability partner, but just making sure that you know what you need and you're getting what you need to make sure that you're following through and hitting your goals. Love that. Mm -hmm. All right, Jessica, Definitely. now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I think it's meeting people where they are. This is going to sound a little creepy, but I do a little bit of background research on pretty much anybody I come in contact with just to help me get a feel for who they are, what they've been through, what their priorities might be, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just a simple way of trying to understand uh, just where they're coming from and understanding that we're not all coming at the world from the same perspective is a really big deal. And it helps people open up and be receptive to whatever it is that you have to offer. Mm -hmm. That's another trait of introverts as well is they like to have as much information ahead of time as possible. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And Jessica, what is one book you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I have to go and start with why by Simon Sinek. Um, there's a TED talk if you want the quick and meaty version, but mm -hmm. it was recommended to me through my business class and it, it it's really great. 
love that book. <laughs> and what advice would you give your younger self? Don't listen to the people who are trying to get you to slow down. Um, your brain is unique. Use it in a way that works for you rather than trying to fit into someone else's idea of the order of life. And for God's sake, listen to your mother when she tells you you can do anything when you put your mind to it. That. <laughs> Share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. All right. I have a quote. It's a pretty long one, but it's from Marianne Williamson, and it goes like this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I love that quote. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) We are connected, you and I. All right. Lastly, Jessica, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? I would say go over to optrovert.com and that's where you can grab that free cheat sheet for getting through the small talk. And I also, my email is jessica at optrovert.com. I would be happy to correspond with anybody at any time. Awesome. And if you are an introvert who hates networking and is listening to this <laughs> episode, Absolutely. Go grab that cheat sheet. Jessica knows what she's doing. And for everyone, you know, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. If you just put Jessica's name in the search bar, her show notes page will come right up. And Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to WomenTakingTheLead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.